Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Today we are kicking off our series, The Comeback. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with this week's message. All right, we are kicking off a new series today called The Comeback. And I've been thinking this week, I don't, I don't know why, uh, but did you know that we are, I believe, today, 106 days away from the year 2013? Can you believe that? Just a little bit over 100 days. Now, what that means is that we're only 99 days away from Christmas. Some of y'all aren't really sure how to feel about that. And matter of fact, I just freaked some of y'all out. Because I, I, heard, I heard pockets start coming open looking for lists. Oh, Lord, what are we going to... We only got 99 days left before we got to get all that we're going to get. But what, what I want to do today... Um, is I've been thinking about this thing about you know, 2013, we're only about 100 days away. And have I done in 2012 what I wanted to do? You know, about 265, some 260 days ago, um, we all started a new year and we all made, or, or maybe you did, maybe you didn't, New Year's resolutions. I'm going to I'm going to change this about myself in 2012. I'm going to get fit. You're the number one New Year's resolution uh, every year is I'm going to lose weight and get fit. This is what I'm going to do. I made that resolution. It's gone so-so for me. You probably made that resolution or something similar to that. I'm going to try something new. I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to learn French. I tell you, that has not gone well. I'm going, to, I'm going to spend more time with my family. I'm going to, I'm going to spend more, less time at work and more time enjoying life. Well, I want to ask you the question this morning. How's that going for you? How are you doing? I want to check in with you. I want to, I want to see how you're doing on your 2012 uh, changes, the things that you want to make different about yourself. Because here at Vertical Church, we care about that kind of thing. We want to see you grow, and we want to see you achieve the goals that, that you've prayed over and that you believe God has directed in your life. Because the sad fact is that only about 8% of people ever do that. Do you know that people who make New Year's resolutions, I'm going to blank, only about 8% ever succeed at what they wanted to do. Especially that weight loss one, right? I'm going to get fit and I'm going to lose weight. Every January, YMCA's, uh, 24-hour fitness clubs, you know, all that stuff, CrossFit, they have this huge registration in January. I mean, it's like skyrocketing. People are joining. Everybody's excited. And then about mid-February, attendance at those gyms are, are, are back to, is back to uh, what it was before Christmas. And here's why. Here's why I, I, I researched this because I wanted to know why, why don't we do what we say we want to do? Why don't we make change? Why don't we, why, what is it so difficult about change? And the number one reason, you ready for this? Here's the number one reason, whether it's lose weight or whether it's uh, I'm going to learn something new or I'm going to spend. Here's the number one reason. We're lazy. We are lazy. And I'm going to prove to you this morning how lazy we are when it comes to changing. Do you know, 
Uh, have you had this experience before? Uh, as Americans, we don't even flush our own toilets. You go out here to the, to the bathroom and it flushes by itself. I'm not saying like y'all are nasty. Come on. I'm trying to tell you that, you that you leave it for days. I'm saying that we have automatic flushers on our toilets. Because this is too much for us. That's too much. I want to do that. Matter of fact, we've got automatic flushes on our toilets. You come out of the toilet, if you're at your public bathroom, you go to the sink. You've got automatic water faucet. You stick your hand under the soap dispenser. And catch this, we're so lazy, we can't even lather up our own soap. It just comes out already foam. <laughs> already foamed. We're so lazy, we don't want to lather it up foam automatically. Then you go to the paper towel dispenser or that like jet engine that blows air on your hands. And you get your hands dry. Well, one time this past summer, we were doing a lot of traveling. Summer vacations, we wanted to go visit family all over the like eastern U.S. and so we did that and I was driving and you know you're you know you've been driving too long when you've got like toothpicks holding up your eyelids right it's middle of the night I'm driving I'm just praying me and God I'm like God you got to keep me awake <laughs> right and so I'm driving the van and I, I pull off because I got to just I got to catch a break I got to stretch my legs I'm going to just go walk around this rest rest area place right so I pull over, I go in, and I do the whole bathroom thing, you know, automatic flush, automatic soap, all that stuff. And I get to the paper towel dispenser, and I stick my hands under there. I'm, I'm like almost asleep anyway, and I stick my hands under there, and it's not working. Have you ever had that experience when the automatic dispenser won't work, and you know how frustrating that is? So, you know, you're trying to, I'm trying to do the, the like special, I break dance for a second. I don't know what to do. This thing's not working. I'm getting frustrated. I'm about to start, like, beating the thing. <laughs> and finally, I hear this voice behind me. <clears throat> and I look, and there's this huge arrow. And then these words that, like, my jumbled brain can barely read. Push here. <laughs> oh. So not even paying attention, I didn't even see, see the big sign that said, push here, because I'm so used to this automatic. It's automatic. You don't even have to do anything. So I wasn't paying attention. Because for whatever reason, I was tired or distracted or unfocused. Whatever reason, I wasn't paying attention. And when the clear directions told me exactly what to do to get the result that I wanted to get, I didn't see them. You know, I thought about that. That's kind of how we are in our relationship with God. Because some of you probably made a resolution this, this year that you said, I want to get closer to God. I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus. How's that going for you this year? you got got 100 days left in 2012. Have you done that? Or have you allowed life to come and you got tired and distracted and unfocused and you've received the clear direction, here's how you grow, but for whatever reason, sometimes we just don't read the clear sign, even if it's in big letters with a huge arrow pointing down that says, hey, here's how to grow. And it might be in your marriage, it might be in your finances, it might be in a relationship, or it might be with your husband or, or, or wife. It might be with sin. Sometimes we get, 
we get lulled to sleep and we lose focus and we're not paying attention to the things in our lives and then we find ourselves stuck. We find ourselves in a setback. We find ourselves not where we want to be. And so that's why we're doing this whole series. That's why we're doing this series called The Comeback. Because I believe that right now you and I are about to walk into a season of our life where God is going to make us come back. And if you have found that 2012 has not quite gone the way you hoped it would go 260 days ago, I'm here to tell you this morning, you've got 100 days left to experience a comeback. You've got a hundred days left in the year for Jesus and you to get back on the right train and experience a comeback in your life. I believe that God's plan and will for your life is a comeback. And I believe it's going to start this morning. Matter of fact, I don't want you to miss the next three weeks. Because God is going to take us to a place where we see how to make change in our lives. Not like change out of a dollar. Like change. But what I think we've got to do, and we're going to talk about this next week, is we've got to change the way we change. We don't change right. But today, before we even get there, I've got to convince you that it's even possible. I've got to convince you that God wants you to make a comeback. That God's plan and His destiny over your life is a comeback. That God is the God of second chances. Would you open your Bibles, if you have them, to Acts chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it. The Scripture is going to be right above my head. If you have a smartphone or a tablet with you, if you have the app called Uversion, it's the Bible app, you can follow along there. In that app, there's a little link called Live. If you click that and search for Vertical, you'll find uh, the Scriptures and place to take notes right there. We're going to talk about a guy named John Mark today. And John Mark is, is, a, is a cat from southern Israel. And here's how you know he's from southern Israel, because he has two names. All southerners, if you have two names, that means you're from the south, right? Billy Ray, uh, Betty Sue, Billy Joe, John Mark. So he's from southern Israel. He's, uh, you know, probably from somewhere um, south of Atlanta, southern Israel. And he's introduced to Christianity at a small group meeting in his mama's house. His mama's hosting this Bible study, this prayer meeting in her house. And John Mark is there. And one night, Peter is miraculously freed from prison. Holy Spirit comes down, bam, he's gone, right? And he goes to John Mark's mama's house where the prayer meeting is taking place. And he knocks on the door and He has to go through this really difficult process of actually getting into the Bible study, which we don't want to do here. That's why we make it easy. You can sign up in the the lobby when you leave at Next Steps, online, on the back of your communication card. We're not like, you know, Rhoda trying to keep people out of our home group Bible study. Anyway, um, so Peter's there, and, and John Mark gets introduced to this whole idea of Christianity there in this small group meeting in his home. And in Acts chapter 12, verse 25... John Mark gets an offer that is incredible. I want you to read this with me. John, or Acts chapter 12, verse 25. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called 
Mark. Now, if you don't know who Barnabas and Saul are, that's totally cool. Uh, Saul is the guy who eventually would become Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote uh, two-thirds of the books of the New Testament. I mean, he wrote just incredible, wrote all these letters, you know, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Galatians, all that stuff. That's Paul. Huge figure, major influencer in the church. Barnabas was his cohort in these early missionary journeys that the two would make. They would go and establish these churches throughout the Middle East at the time. And all of a sudden, these two major influencers, I'm talking like, if you would think of, uh, of, a, of a young Billy Graham coming up to you and say, hey, I want you to go and join me on these crusades. I want you to be my right-hand man or my right-hand gal. That's what John Mark's opportunities like. Barnabas and Saul. Hey, John Mark, I want you to roll with us. This is an incredible opportunity. This is amazing, especially for a nobody like John Mark. I mean, he's a, he, he's a relative nobody. He didn't have anything special going for him. His mom is hosting a Bible study, but it's not that great. He's just kind of a, an ordinary guy. And he gets this incredible opportunity. We want you to go with us, John Mark. We want you to travel with us. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, this is exactly the offer that you're getting this morning. You don't deserve it. You're not worthy of it. I'm not worthy of it either. But Jesus offers us the incredible opportunity of a lifetime to be his disciple, to be his follower, to roll with him. And so John Mark gets this opportunity, but soon enough he discovers that following Jesus isn't easy. You flip the page and you're in Acts chapter 13 and it starts getting crazy. Barnabas and Saul are in, are in Cyprus and you know all of a sudden you've got like sorcerers and, 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 and false prophets and people casting like crazy things on each other. It's like Harry Potter before Harry Potter was filmed. I'm talking crazy junk in Acts chapter 13. It's just mesmerizing. And John Mark catches one glimpse of this and he's... I don't know about this. You know what blows me away sometimes? TV preachers. I mean, TV preachers blow me away because they make it sound so easy. They make it sound like, you know what, you, you just send me 25 bucks, I'm going to send you a prayer cloth, a little bottle of anointing oil, and a picture of my beautiful wife, and everything's going to go fine for you. You know, you're going, to, you're going to get a new job, you're going to get a new relationship, you're going to you know, get a new Mercedes, even if you don't want one. And I, and I watch this, and I'm like, what are they talking about? This is not how it happened for Peter. This is not how it ended for Paul. This is not what these guys went through. What's going on? It's not that easy. And that's what John Mark discovers. Check this out. Acts chapter 13, verse 13. After all this crazy stuff happened, listen to what John Mark said, or what, what happens in John Mark's life. From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, this is incredibly sad. Where John left them to return to Jerusalem. John Mark quit. John Mark was a quitter. He got in the middle of it and saw all this crazy stuff and discovered this isn't as easy as what I thought it was. And he quit. He walked away from the work of God. He walked away from the people of God. He walked away. He said, I'm going to go back to my mama's house. It was a lot easier there. This is, this is too much. This is too intense. I'm done. 
and he quit. You ever know anybody that's walked away from something before? You ever know anybody that's quit? People quit for all kinds of reasons. Maybe you've quit this morning. Maybe this is your first time back in church in a long time. Maybe some point in your life you quit and you walked away. You said, "Mm, I'm not interested in this. This is too hard. This is too tough. I'm done. I'm checking out. Matter of fact, maybe you don't even know why you're here this morning. You're like, my neighbor invited me. My cousin invited my friend just said, hey, won't you come to church with me? I said, all right, I'll go. You don't know why you're here. I want to tell you why you're here. You're here because we serve a God of second chances. You're here because if you're still breathing, I've got news for you. God's not finished with you yet. If you still have breath in your lungs, God's not done. He's not done. And the fact that you're here, the fact that your heart is beating, means that He doesn't want to beat you back. He wants to help you experience a comeback. He wants to bring you back to Him. The reason that you're here this morning is because God's not done with you. It might be weeks. It might have been months. It might have been years ago that you, that you bought into the lie and said, It's over. I'm done. I'm walking away. I'm quitting. I don't want that. And you might be saying right now, but Pastor Josh, you don't even know what I did. After all, I, I did blank. Fill in the blank with whatever you want. You don't understand, Pastor Josh, because of all, all that stuff, all that junk, there's no way God could ever want me back. Let me be very clear and straight to the point. If God were done with you, you wouldn't be alive anymore. Sit. But the fact that you're here, the fact that you're breathing air right now, the fact that your heart is pumping blood through your body means God's not done with you, that God still has a plan with you, has a plan for you, and He's not done. He's not done. Maybe you quit. Maybe you know somebody that quit. Maybe you're thinking about quitting this morning. I've been thinking this week, why do people quit? Why do people quit on church? Why do people quit on Jesus? Why do people quit? And this isn't an exhaustive list. Just a couple of reasons that I thought about this week. Maybe maybe this is why some people quit. Why some people go like John Mark and turn and walk away. The first reason I kind of came up with was relaxation. Relaxation, because we all like to be comfortable. We all like to be comfortable. We're just coming out of summer. How many... How many people, when you travel on vacation, you take your pillow with you? Raise your hand. I take my pillow with me because I want to be comfortable. I want to lay in some bed with a pillow that I don't like. I want to be comfortable, right? That's why we do that. My wife does that. She, doesn't, she, she usually brings it for the van because, be, because I'm not like the like, you know, macho guy. I actually get like car sick when I drive or when I don't drive. And so I have to drive. And if I don't drive, I'm asleep. Um, but when I'm driving, I like, I like uh, talking. I turn on talk radio, put some podcast in my, on my iPod, put it in my ears. She doesn't do it for her. She wants music, loud, blasting, blaring. So if I'm listening to my talk radio, she's out. So she wants a pillow in the van. Why? Because she wants to be comfortable. No, nothing wrong with being comfortable. It's okay to want to be comfortable. 
But when it comes to your relationship with Jesus, a lot of times we go into that expecting to be comfortable, but Jesus didn't tell us to pick up our pillow and follow Him. He told us to pick up a cross and follow Him. It's not going to be comfortable. And sometimes people experience that and they say, this isn't what I bought into. So they want relaxation. Relaxation. We relax in all sorts of different ways. We relax in our pursuit of God. We relax in our passion for the things of God. We relax in our attendance for our Sunday worship experience. You know, hey, I think I'll just go twice a month. I think I'm just going to relax, pull back a little bit. I don't have to be as crazy over the top as what everybody says I need to be. I'm just going to relax. We relax in, uh, in fellowshipping with one another and being in community and living that way. We relax because sometimes it's uncomfortable. So we relax. A lot of times people relax in the, in the running away from sin. You know, I'm just going to relax. After all, Pastor Josh, what I'm doing isn't really a big deal. It's not that big of a deal. I don't watch a lot of reality TV shows. Some of you are like reality TV show junkies. I know who you are. But I don't watch a ton of them. But, but occasionally, I'll, I'll catch this show on, they have all kinds of different ones, like TLC or, or um, you know, Discovery Channel or the History, show, History Channel, whatever. A lot of times, it seems like every other one I catch goes something like this. There's a redneck guy, and somehow he has a bear. He got this bear when it was a baby. And he raised this baby bear. He took this baby bear and he took a, a baby bottle and he fed this baby bear milk. And he raised this. This baby bear was part of the family. I mean, they were so close. This, ba- this bear would go into the kitchen, open up the refrigerator, grab a drink, bring it to the guy on the couch. Fix him a sandwich and everything. He and this bear were like that. I mean, they were buddies. And then one day... This guy walks into his house and the bear rips his face off. And then they're interviewing him later and they're like, what do you think happened? He's like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. The bear just turned and mauled me. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking to myself, it's a bear. God did not intend us to have bears as pets. Yeah, it's going to maul your face. It's a bear. It also, the same exact TV show comes on, except it's a tiger, right? Or an alligator. What the? It's just in my bathtub. (laughs) It's an alligator. It's basically a dinosaur, dude. Of course it's going to rip your throat out. Listen, here's what I want to tell you this morning. That sin that you don't think is a big deal is a baby bear. Look, 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 I've seen the end of your road and it comes with that thing ripping the skin off of your face. That baby bear's going to turn on you soon enough. You don't think it's a big deal. Redneck Joe didn't think it was a big deal either. Now, now he's got a big bear claws on his chest, right? Tell you, that's what happens. I've seen the end of that road and it ain't fun. So what happens in John Mark's life? He's quit. I'm done with this. I'm walking away. I'm going back to Jerusalem. I'm moving in my mama's basement. Done. Acts chapter 15 happens. Acts chapter 15, 
Paul and Barnabas are back in Jerusalem for a, for a church meeting. They've got some issues to discuss, mainly the issue of circumcision. We won't go into that. That's for a whole totally different sermon series um, at some point way down the future. But anyway, they're ready to go again. Listen to what happens, Acts chapter 15, verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. That's a good idea. That's a pretty smart idea. Let's, let's go check up on everybody. We planted all these churches. Let's go see how they're doing. Verse 37. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But he quit. Barnabas, he bailed. When the going got tough, he tucked tail and ran. You want to give him a second chance? You want to give him another shot? Barnabas. And I can hear Barnabas. I, I hear Barnabas. He's like, yeah, I know he quit. I know he left us and he went back to his mama's house. But you know what, Paul? I think he deserves a second chance. I think God's got a plan for his life. I bet Barnabas couldn't get John Mark off his mind. I bet he laid there uh, trying to go to sleep. And he's like, man, I just can't forget thinking about my guy Barnabas. I believe God's got a second chance for him. But listen to how when, when Barnabas says, I want to take John Mark with me. Listen to how Paul responds. Verse 38. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and did not continue with them in the work. In other words, Barnabas says, I want to take John Mark with us. And Paul says, no. No way. No second chances for him. Forget John Mark and the horse he rode in on. He quit. He ain't getting a second chance. And I want to flip some of y'all's lid right now. Paul wrote all those letters in the, in the New Testament, right? He was wrong. Paul was wrong. In this instance, right here, Paul forgot where he came from. Paul forgot what it used to be like to be a murderer and to persecute Christians. Do you know when Paul experienced this, this revelation of Jesus and gave his life to Jesus and walked into the church, it was like, it was like if today, you know, the, the number one terrorist on the list would walk, I know this isn't politically correct, but walk in, we would all look at him, right? freak us out. This is what happens for Paul. Because why? Paul used to go into churches like this, rip people out and go kill them. Now he walks in and he says, no, 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 don't, don't, I, I want to be part of the group. People are like, oh, we don't know about this. We get, get out of here, Paul. What are you doing? Do you know who stood up for Paul? Barnabas. Barnabas grabs Paul in Acts chapter 9 and says, hey, guys, you can trust this guy. I believe God's got great plan for his life. Barnabas is just being Barnabas. Hey, guys, everybody deserves a second chance. Paul, I know you used to kill Christians, but God's got a plan for your life. God's going to use you to change the world. Paul, I know John Mark quit on us, but God's got a plan for his life. God's going to use him to change the world. You know the reason, second reason I believe people quit? Condemnation. Judgmental attitudes. Because when we sin, what we need to experience when we mess up and make a mess of our lives is we need Barnabas. But so many times we walk into the church and we only find Paul. And when we mess up, we need Barnabas. Too often the church looks like Paul. And maybe that's what happened to you. 
Maybe that's why you quit. Maybe you, you did something in your life. Maybe you messed up and you walked into church and you said, this is where everybody tells me I should come. And all of a sudden, all you see is Paul. Get out of here. You don't, you're not worthy of being in here. Get out of here. All you wanted was Barnabas. but All you got was Paul, so you quit. I'm here to tell you, God only used people that made a mess of their lives. So many times in Scripture, you look through the, hit, the, the, the course of, of Scripture, you got people like Moses. He killed a man with his bare hands, ran off to the desert. God used him to deliver a nation. you got people like David. Not only did he, not only did he, have adult, not only did he commit adultery, sleep with another man's wife, but he had that man killed. God says he's a man after my own heart. You got people like Peter walked into a group of people, cussed everybody out, and said, I don't know Jesus or anything. God uses them to preach, and 3,000 people give their life to Jesus. If God can do that with those people, God can give you a second chance. God can give you a comeback. God can take who you are right now and give you a second chance. And it's not a second chance that looks like this well, I'm just going to continue living my life, however. No, 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 no. Grace is not the power just to live however. Grace is the power to say no to sin. Grace is power. And if you've walked away this morning and you're ready to make a comeback, I want to tell you something. God's standing there with arms wide open. And matter of fact, not only is God standing there, but this church, you won't find Paul in this church. You won't find Paul in this church, not in this instance, because we're not like that at Vertical Church. At Vertical Church, when you make a mess of things and you mess up and you need a second chance, you know what we say? Come on, God is the God of second chances. God can give you a comeback. God wants to restore you. God wants to bring you back. This is your comeback day. That's what I believe this morning. Let's not see how, what, what happened in the rest of the story real quickly. Verse 39, they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. Barnabas so believed in John Mark that he was willing to part company with the Apostle Paul. He so believed in this guy. What if our church was known for that? I mean, that's who we are, but what if that's what we're known for? What if we were the church that was known as the place that told people who had walked away, who had quit, who had given up, he's not finished with you yet. God's got a plan for your life. He wants to give you a comeback. What if that was our reputation? What if we looked and stared at the people who had completely thrown it away and said, God's not done with you? I wonder what God could do in a church like that. What if we were the people of the second chance? Because it actually works in John Mark's life. Because what happens for John Mark is he goes with Barnabas and somewhere along the way Barnabas reintroduces him to a guy named Peter. Peter who had walked with Christ. Peter who had denied Christ but who had experienced a comeback. Peter invests in John Mark's life, disciples John Mark, pours his life into John Mark, so much so that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 13, when Peter's writing these words, listen to how he refers to Mark. He says, She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you her greetings, and so does 
my son. This isn't his biological son. No, the connection is much deeper than that. He says, this is my son, Mark. Most scholars believe that Mark sat down and interviewed Peter over several days and said, Peter, tell me everything about Jesus. And he took Peter's words and he wrote a story. And you and I refer to that story as the Gospel of Mark. Second book of the New Testament. God chose a former quitter to write one of the four stories about his son, Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And you think that you've gone too far. You think that you've quit so God can't use you. I'm here to tell you, if he can use a quitter like Mark to write a gospel, he can use you to change your world. God's not done with you yet. Paul and Mark got things right, oddly enough. They formed some kind of relationship. Listen to how Paul says in the last chapter of the last book that he would write, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verses 9-11, through 11, Paul says this, Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Paul, almost, he, he's at the very end of his life, and who does he want with him? Get Mark. Get Mark, the former quitter, and bring him to me, because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Even Paul had a change of heart. Even Paul discovered the God of second chances. God believes in second chances. And if you're here today and you've walked away, I want to be your Barnabas. I want to be your Barnabas and I want to take your hand and I want to walk you back to Jesus. I want you to experience a comeback. Because I believe you're here today just so you could hear this message. I believe you're here today. I believe God orchestrated the days of your life so you'd be here. So this 32-year-old punk preacher could tell you, God's not done with you yet. He's not finished with you. You might have quit. Maybe you relaxed. Maybe you walked into a church and experienced condemnation. I want to tell you today, God isn't finished with you. You're not too messed up to be saved. Let's pray together. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.